0: Welcome everyone to what is going to be a fantastic episode of Outlaws of Horror. Today the Outlaws are joined by a very special guest, a man who is recognized as one of the most successful martial artists in the world today. He commenced his journey in 1972 after being introduced to Judo by his two older brothers. Since then, he has continuously been training in various disciplines of martial arts. In 1989, our guest began the practice of Wushu and has since studied with many Chinese instructors, some considered living treasures in their respective discipline. Our guest has competed in tournaments, both nationally and internationally winning numerous competitions and awards for his ability in forms, weapons and hand-to-hand combat. Not only is he a successful martial artist, but he has also had a successful career in film, starring in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies and choreographing various fight scenes for movies such as Press Start and Book of Swords. But, It was his groundbreaking work in the video game Mortal Kombat that would introduce him to the world, not only as an actor and martial artist, but also as a pioneer of motion capture, a technique that would go on to become a staple for creating characters in movies and video games. He also stepped in front of the camera for Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat 2, bringing to life iconic characters such as Scorpion and Sub-Zero. Today, he can be found passing on his knowledge at Chicago Wushu and traveling around the United States taking part in various martial arts seminars. Joining Cameron Allen Paul Meenan and your host, Alan Keane. It is our absolute pleasure to introduce today's very special guest. None other than Johnny Cage himself, Master Daniel Pessina.
1: Can, can we tell Master Pessina about the, um, the, the Mortal Kombat, um, the impact of Mortal Kombat on British society when it first came out. Um, uh, yeah, I was going to say, I think, um, you know, I think now's probably a really good good time
2: to sort of maybe move into that sort of direction. Would I've got draw? a
1: very simple and quick thing that I need to tell you about. So there's, I, I grew up in North London, which is a, a wonderful part of London to grow up in. And when we were young kids, there was this game called Street Fighter that everybody was obsessed with. Everybody was <laughs> obsessed with it. And I'm not going to lie, we used to hang around the arcades until we were thrown out of buildings and shops. And we were absolute nightmares when it came to these games, these magic glowing boxes. And then this thing called Mortal Kombat came out. And boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, did it, um, did it attract um, the, the geeks, the nerds. Um, there were some people that stayed loyal to Street Fighter, but it caused this almost conflict amongst the teens. You were either Street Fighter or you were Mortal Kombat. Okay, and and of course, the Mortal Kombat kids are the coolest because it was the first game ever where you genuinely felt that you were playing real people. The rendering, the way it was done, it was incredible for its time. You know, when we grew up with Pac-Man, next thing you know, oh, my God, there's a bloke. It's you. It's actually you. (laughs) We're we're controlling you. So I, when I was a child, was controlling you. It was awesome. It was well worth the money. Um, And Street Fighter was like, yeah, imaginary fireballs, go away, go away. This was far more brutal and realistic and it it created two tribes in amongst the younger generations and the the mortal Kombat tribe tended to be more the geeky the nerdy side so that was kind of my story of my view of my teenage years and my youth around mortal Kombat. it was an amazing amazing time to have this game come out and just level up how gaming was going to be and the 90s was a golden era for gaming wasn't it with all the different consoles that came out and the the power and the computer chips and the, everyone used to go to these huge uh, gaming conventions in England um, where you'd have, you know, the, the next uh, mega drive come out and 30, 16 bit, 32 bit and 64 bit. It was an amazing time. And Mortal Kombat was one of them first uh, games that lit the match on what could be done. And it was really, really cool to see. So I just wanted to thank you on behalf of all the nerds of North London
3: <laughs> well, yeah. Well, thank you for enjoying <laughs> my work. and and uh, I used to play Street Fighter. I love I love Street Fighter, and I think <laughs> I think one of the one of the reasons you know when uh, when uh, 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 the 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 main creator John Tobias is a, a really close friend of my brother Carlos uh, Rady. So he is the one who who wanted help with the with his idea to try to pitch the game to a company work for for midway and when we when he was, I was talking on the phone uh, speaking on the phone with him, that was one of the reasons I, I was like he was like "I'll let you do what uh, you can put whatever you want in the game, help me pitch this game to this to my company you know because uh, I really want to make a, a live action fighting game and and one of the reasons uh what i did it i did it was because i was like you know what i like street fighter but i never liked that it none of the moves were accurate and mm-hmm. i was i like, going to get the opportunity to to do like accurate moves to uh to to kind of put and two, to to uh, kind of put any idea i want into the game so
1: i, I can you know, vouch for that the many yeah. times i tried to produce a fireball never occurred many times tried to do an uppercut and go okay nothing i never jumped miraculously 10 foot in the air so it was all lies it was it broke my heart as a child um can i ask a quick question on the mortal kombat stuff who came up with the idea for the 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 rather gory and graphic end parts of it you know the the finishes the fatalities fatalities, because that was just era defining that was
3: yeah actually most of the uh most of the ground idea was Tobias. Like when we were pitching the game to uh, Midway and Boone, we were to, uh, one of the things that we wanted to do. Uh, what happened was uh, 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 John called me up and he was like, hey, come to come to my work. Uh, I'm going to film you. Bring Carlos and my brother Carlos Raiden and Rich Kano and uh, do some choreograph with them. Create some moves and do some martial art moves. I'm gonna videotape them, and I have these drawings that I'll show you when you come to work. So we showed up at his work like late uh, late at night because again, we he didn't want anybody like to steal his idea. That because uh, back then, uh, you know, you know how it is in the industry. Everybody's like out, out to get steal your ideas or cutthroat. It's very very cutthroat business. So we we basically snuck into this, uh, did some recordings of martial arts. Uh, Nobody. It was like 9 p.m. So, generally, the factory was still open, but not any uh, people from the business side, you know, who worked in the offices or the that. And uh, we filmed this stuff, and he showed me the drawings, and then from there, he showed that to to Midway, and so Midway was like, we want to hear more, Mm -hmm. because uh, again, so myself, uh, Carlos, uh, Rich, and John met with Ed. And we actually, and during that pitch, John, uh, th- uh the whole thing was that, uh, we can put whatever ideas we wanted into the game because they weren't going to, they were only going to make 200 cabinets and two, they weren't going to pay, you know, they couldn't pay a lot. So, you know, I would be helping him create this game basically for not, not a lot of money. So, you know, what, and, and during our pitch, we, we thought that uh, John wanted to really put like, like in uh this old samurai movies, he wanted th- uh, blood, but two, you would be battle-worn. So you start out like regular, and as time progressed, you'd get bruises and cuts and, and things like that, and you'd be all bloody. You know, uh, uh, John had a drawing of a, a Japanese ninja, and I was like, we got to change these ninja into the Lin Kuei. Uh, John never heard of the Lin Kuei, and I explained to him, and I told him about the uh, book that I, I read that I had about the uh, Chinese vagabond, the Lin Kuei, and how they look different than Japanese ninja, and they're basically what uh, Scorpion and Sub Zero and those ninjas look like right now. with That type of dress is like actually what a Chinese ninja looks like. So we ch- we did that a uh, lot. We talked about you know different animes uh, having X-rays in the game, like having you know getting hit and then showing the like the X-ray from uh, from uh, Fist of the North Star, <laughs> or even we've been talking about like oh it'd be cool to add stuff like from Dragon Ball energy balls and stuff like that. But but once we started. Uh, a, a lot of the ideas that I see came from us just filming because we would be goofing around. So John was looking at like, John is looking at it and he's like, you know what? He goes, there's got to be a way to just, you know, the game can't just end with you just the kind of like just beat up. He goes, there's got to be a way where you could like finish the guy, you know, like in the kung fu movie where you like finish the guy. And so he was just like, what do you, what do you want to do? And so I was just like, well, the first, first actually fatality create. Idea for a fatality is I wanted to jump up in the air and punch a hole into the guy's skull, and then the guy would turn towards the camera and have a hole in his head. So we filmed that, and then John looked at him and was like, You know what? That's a little complicated. You know, what else do you got? What else do you got? Maybe we'll give him three fatalities. So then I was like, Oh, it'd be cool if the energy was so low that he would drop to his knees, and then I would just pummel him, and then I'm going to knock off his head. And so we filmed that, and then John looked at that, and he's like, uh, that might take some time to animate and do that, st- you know, to cut the frames. i got to cut a lot of frames, because he's looking at, like, time. They're only giving us eight months to finish this game. So then he's like, John is like, what, what else do you want to do? You know, three, what's the third one? And I was just like, I just want to knock off the guy's head. And that is the first fatality ever created, was the head, uh, uh, where it was from conception to in the game. You know, it, it, uh, knocking off the head was the first fatality. So John was just really like, uh, uh, we'd get an idea, and then we would just kind of collaborate on the idea to make it crazy. As, as I mentioned, the Cameron, uh, originally, uh, when we were filming, uh, John was like, guess what? I want score, he didn't have a name. He was like, Danny, I want you to take, I want you to blow flames on and destroy somebody by lighting them on fire. And then me being a smart ass, sorry if I can't say that, I was like, I'm not going to do that. And, and he's like, why? And then I was just like, because if I blow flames, my mask will go on fire and my whole head will be on fire. And then John was like, well, don't be a jerk. Take off he, he, the A word. He was like, take off the mask. And then Rich the Divizio was like really a afraid of skeletons. Like when we watch this, uh, the old uh, Ray Harryhausen uh, Seven Boys mm-hmm. in the Dead, those skeletons running around. Yeah. Even to this day, he will close his eyes for that because he just <laughs> hates skeletons. Rich the scariest thing is a skeleton. So Rich goes, "What if you pull off his mask and he's a skeleton?" And then I was just like, "Yeah, and he's on fire, you know, his, his head's on fire, you know, he's like a flaming skeleton." And then so that's how how and I, uh, that's how you know scorpions fatality kind of uh of the stages to to create it with stuff like that, that
1: awesome. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> awesome it's that's amazing that's, that's such amazing insight that is awesome
3: yeah so so yeah so john was like really uh you know for for especially for one that was his his baby two two we just started taking uh ideas for, you know whoever had an idea we'd try to throw it in you know, we were just having more, you know, there was a bigger budget and we we're just having more, you know, we we're trying to do things that we had in the first game that we weren't able to do. When we tried to put them in the second game.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think there was um it was one thing I was going to sort of uh, come to as well. I mean, um I was going to ask you what the differences were with Mortal Kombat 1 and Mortal Kombat 2, because I'm, I'm going to imagine that because Mortal Kombat was such a big success that suddenly there was like a, a almost like a pressure to to make all of the funds even as well to make Mortal Kombat 2 and was, was Mortal Kombat 2 more of kind of the original idea you had for the first game or was it just something that you just ran with and thought well oh, you know we've been so successful let's just fill fill, fill it with um, all these different type of moves that we've that we can think of
3: um actually the first game we wanted it to look more like Dragon's Lair mm-hmm uh, but, uh, but, uh, but naturally, they, it wasn't running on a disc, so that never happened. But that was the original idea, to have it look like D- Dragon Slayer. And two, uh, when we were younger, we all went to see a movie, uh, Lord of the Rings, the one that uh, Ralph Bakashi. The uh, animation one, yeah. With rotoscoping. So we went to the theater yeah. like like 50 times to watch them. <laughs> but anyway, he, John wanted it to, the, 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 if you imagine the orcs, he wanted the characters to kind of look like the orcs in that, mm-hmm. that movie, but have like our, our our look to it. So originally we, we wanted to do it like that. But naturally, because of technology and time constraints, we weren't able to do that. But an, uh, an example of how low budget was, we shot Mortal Kombat 1 with John Tobias' father's video camera. <laughs> I, I recall one time we were gonna film stuff and I was like, I called John up and I was like, okay, I, I'll see you tomorrow. I'm just double checking to see it tomorrow. He's like, uh, he's like no, I, I, he goes, my dad's at work. I forgot to ask him permission to use the camera. So we're gonna have to wait, skip a day to, to videotape. So, you know, so uh, it was really, really low budget. And naturally with the second one, they had a professionals. It took John, Ed and I about two hours to clean out a space to film the first game because we filmed it like in a storage room that they were using for a studio. We had to find a wall that was flat where the lighting was kind of sufficient to start off with, because uh, there were the. Uh, we spent uh, John and I spent uh, the first five days of the creation of Mortal Kombat just doing martial art techniques, eight hours a day, just taking a look at the technique and changing it and kind of taking t- taking a look at that and. The budget was so low that we would erase that and take over anything we didn't need. So yeah. yeah, so really the original maybe fifty hours of the creation of Mortal Kombat will never be seen because we are were, we were, we were over it. You know, what we see right now is after we had like a pathway to the game and then we invited Ed in to take a look at what we were doing because he was the programmer. And so he was going to take our ideas and try to program them in. And we, you know, he we had to make his adjustments for that, for that. So it was like, a, a, yeah, like, a, you know, it was a, it, it, as I said, it was a big collaboration. There was no soul. Uh, there was no soul. Uh, well, there was. John John is the creator of Mortal Kombat. Like Ed, myself, Rich Divizio came up with a lot of ideas, are just co-creators, collaborators. Yeah, John really thought of like everything story everything we've done minor changes in stories when because we'd be goofing off and come up with a (laughs) to uh, uh, to, to pull out the story more but yeah yeah so it was really fun yeah i can imagine
2: it would be this i mean from the 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 just like even the documentaries and stuff behind the scenes the few little snippets you can find just on youtube and that it just looks like you're all having a blast and you're really enjoying it
3: yeah yeah like and we're too, because we were friends before that. We And we, uh, you know, we played Dungeons and Dragons together. And if you ever play Dungeons and Dragons, you get all the bickering, you know. And meanwhile, the guy, and and really, and the, then the dungeon master decides to friggin' get tired of hearing the bickering and throw something at you. And then everybody running for their lives and dying, and, you know, or getting, you know, oh, I got stabbed, oh, shit, now I'm <laughs> laying on the floor. And that's what we get for bickering. So that... Bickering, if you can imagine that, is how Mortal Kombat was created.
2: <laughs> Brilliant. gone right, gone in, Cameron. I know you've been itching for some
4: questions on the game. So, two things. First thing, um, you're one of the reasons why Mortal Kombat was banned in my house as a child. Because <laughs> 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 Johnny Cage was my first ever Mortal Kombat character. So I'm significantly, well I'm 25, I was born in 95, so I wasn't around when all of it first started coming out and stuff, so we eventually got it all, and with the the splits and the uppercut and everything, and straight into the groin, I tried it on my little brother, (laughs) (laughs) hurt myself, hurt him, got Mortal Kombat banned from the house for like a good few months, and it was very upsetting. Uh, so thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And the second thing, if they were in a real, like real life, who would win? Who do you think would win in a fight between the Shirai Ryu and the Linkway?
3: Yeah, I know. I don't know about that because I always, I always uh, originally they were brothers. Originally, the concept when we were f- filming and creating the the they were. There was only going to be one Lin Kuei. Like, I had John change the Japanese in, uh, ninja into the uh, Chinese Lin Kuei. And then when we were filming, uh, when we were getting done filming Raiden, John is the first time. John was like, you know, we're running out of time. Because, again, we're running out of time because Johnny Cage took so much time to create because he's the father of all Mortal Kombat characters. Like, we built the whole pathway to the game with Johnny You know, uh, uh, so... We were running out of time, and that's when he was like, oh, we're going to have two Lin Kuei. We're just going to do a palette change. So we're going to do this, and then when we were, when we were, uh, when John told us that, when we were filming Raiden, uh, the end of Raiden, you know, me and my brother kind of like, I uh, were really close. So we, uh, my brother Carlos was like, John, why are you being so lazy? And it was like a, a joke, because there were some t- days when I would go in to film, to to film uh some moves and john would be wearing the same clothes because he basically stayed the whole night uh catching up with work because there were five the he would he explained to me he goes the the programmers think it's funny when they all five of them lay all their work on you at once and you have to get it done by the next day so you have to stay and and do the you know there's five of them piling onto work to you you have to get them done so he would be dressed in the same thing and he'd look all worn out and, and things like that so the joke was, why are you being lazy, John? When it, actually he's not being lazy. He's spending, you know, 48 hours working on this game straight. And then, and then John, being frustrated, looked at me and said, "You know what? These guys are going to be brothers." And, and uh, he, uh, and for he knows we're really close with my my father. And he goes, and guess what? One brother to seize rule of the clan kills the other one and kills the father and so that brother to retaliate kills his own brother and he goes so basically you're killing you're killing Carlos and then I <laughs> kind of looked at him so I never look at it like the Shura Ryu and the Lin and the Lin Kuei because I always, I when I we were creating them they'll always for me they'll always be brothers because I have that story of, of that so even though it it and two, they have a right to change the story. They they own it, and it, you know they expand and stuff like that. But for me, it, it I always remember that whole conversation of how they how two two came out out of one. So for me, I always think of they're both in Quay, and they're both you know represent my brother and I. Yeah, that's great. Well, that's
2: uh, that's that's amazing. I didn't to think of it like that. I never. Um, is it actually written down in, in the um, folklore of all the, the, the stories of Kombat that Sub-Zero and Scorpion are brothers? Or is that just um, something that you just...
3: No, it, no, it, it changed when... Uh, actually, the, the Dungeon Master of our D&D games helped John draw the first Mortal Kombat comic book. Mm-hmm. And so it changed, the storyline changed when they actually started... Uh, Doing the comic book, and it was started to expand. The universe started to expand. Like John started creating, you know, the hit, the the way, the story uh, of Mortal Kombat. Because again, man, that guy is really a genius. <laughs> Bias is really a genius. You know, part of that. Yeah.
2: Uh, I mean, one thing i got. On the, I want to ask you is, do you? I mean, do, and I don't want to sound sort of, you know as though you wouldn't know this or anything, but do you, do you actually know how big Mortal Kombat still is, especially here in the UK? It's just absolutely massive. It's still got that reach. I mean, there are still people um, like myself, probably Paul, Cameron, that are as to this day, we're still, we're still playing the original games, and we're still talking about the original games. Like... Um, like something that would be released maybe sort of just
1: a few months ago or something it's got such a religious following so Um, i actually have the mortal Kombat on the xbox i've got an xbox downstairs and you can get for the xbox 360 and the xbox one all of the originals you can get like a it's like a um a collection set anniversary collection set where you've got one two three four five etc you've got them all on there um and when i always play it i always go straight for the first yeah. You always go for the first. Uh, yeah. you know, nowadays, the modern ones are insane. They're like fully computer rendered with all the Terminator and all sorts in it to to broaden the audience, I suppose. But it's monstrous the following, monstrous. Yeah, uh, following in the UK.
3: When you mentioned Scotland, uh, I was invited uh, this year, but do they cancel it the, to the to the? Oh, virus. you need
1: to go. Honestly, you need to go. I'm telling you, if you turn up, you're going to get swamped.
3: Yeah. <laughs> invited uh me back for for next year
1: yeah you need to
3: go he uh the the event host contacted me and asked me if i would come out and then he contacted me again and asked if i would bring like uh uh some some other people so i told them that you know i talked to the because i talked to those guys like at least a couple times a week all the all the old guys from mk1 Mm -hmm. and i I i chat with them all the time we're still really close friends so basically it was myself, uh, Philip Shang Tsung, mm-hmm. uh, going out, uh, Tony Marquez, who's Kung Lao, <clears> out, <throat> out. Uh, we we're going to get uh, Brian Glenn, the guy who did uh, Shao Kahn, to go out and, and myself. To, so they to
1: actually have, at that Scotland Comic Con, they actually have an area set up there with retro gaming. So when you go there, they'll have the old uh, Mega Drives, the Nintendos, the Super Nintendos. And it's an area for, like, parents to dump the kids and say, look, here, play on all the consoles that they had there. Um, yeah. on, honest to God, you you should absolutely... I went there last year. I went on holiday to Scotland for a week, specifically for the, the, the one day where I could put my missus into a spa and I could go to Comic-Con <laughs> to meet J. claude Van Damme. And there was thousands that were literally just going for one thing and it massively popular so yeah
3: yeah definitely yeah. go yeah he and so he invited us that to that and then there's a one in manchester i guess there's also a frozen event in manchester so
1: it's the monopoly events guys they're good lads yeah yeah, yeah. they're very good decent guys monopoly. neil and all that like yeah they're good guys
3: yeah i think next year we'll be going to, to both of those so hopefully we can hook up and have a pint yes awesome. at least, such a, yeah, it, absolutely I, mean, I should say a pint uh, at least three i i, I anytime i have <laughs> i have to go three I, and one forget it no, <laughs> one if you can't have three
2: exactly exactly
3: so that, that's my, i won't apply it to you guys but that if you yeah that's so, a
2: deal done sorted
3: yes long chat too
2: yeah, fantastic. I think. So. Um, but, all right. I, I've got one question. Actually, this was actually, um, it was e- emailed to me from a, a listener because we put out a little thing about, you know, w- to ask if there's any questions. And I've, <laughs> I thought this is, I don't know if you've ever been asked this one before, but I thought it was quite witty. And they said, um, who would win in a fight? Would it be Johnny Cage or would it be your brother, Raiden? Um, <laughs> what
3: the, what the, you know the guys, you know the, the fans' name?
2: Uh, yes, yeah, Dan. Dan from Northamptonshire.
3: Oh, Dan. Dan <laughs> actually, Dan. Uh, if all the guys who were in Mortal Kombat One and Two got together, uh, I would I would prefer them to call Matt me all at once. That way, every, the problem would be all solved in <laughs> one, well, <laughs> other than one. Because I would feel bad beating them up one at a time. But, <laughs> it would be more exciting for me if. All, all of them came at me at once. It, it, it would, <laughs> I would be happier. So, answer your question. I think that would answer your question. That's
2: yeah, that's loud and clear. That one. I think that point. The point is made.
3: <laughs> yeah. So. Well, and only because you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a professional martial artist and practice, all the time. And my brother is like a, a graphic artist. So his, you know, his martial arts are are less because his kung fu is in drawing. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my Kung Fu is in Martial Arts. <laughs>
4: so.
3: All right, Cameron, have you got anything else you wanted to, to to ask?
4: Yeah, so obviously if some people don't know, there are like se- secret characters in the original game. So you got like a reptile, new cyborg, Ermac. Sometimes, you know, they were in there as like rumors and stuff and then eventually put into the game. So, in, in actual fact, like technically, you're, you're the godfather of more than just Scorpion and Sub-Zero and Johnny Cage, aren't you? Because a lot of the secret characters were based on Scorpion or Sub-Zero.
3: Yeah, you know what's funny? Uh, the idea for having a secret character is actually Carlos, uh, Raiden, and Kano wanted to have a tag team match. A secret where you can put in, like, with the, hit the buttons... And then you would have to fight Raiden and Kano at the same time, but only them. They only wanted them being the secret tag team match. So the idea of having a secret like character or something like that started out with them saying that's what they wanted in the game. And naturally we couldn't really do that. Uh, but the idea of having a secret character is, 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 uh, is, is, that, is that craziness. Having Raiden and Kano fighting you. <laughs> yeah, when they came up with that, I was kind of just looking at it like, what? And they're like, oh, cool. It's like a kung fu movie. You know, one guy's hitting you low, one guy's hitting you high and doing this. And I was like, man, that sounds really cool, but why only Kano and Raiden? And they're like, oh, because we came up with the idea. So else, <laughs> nobody else can have the idea. It's just our idea, you know? So, uh, so yeah. So, it's. it's it was, It's pretty funny how some of this stuff came, came, you know, came, uh, came about just, you know, just, you know, like the friendship, uh, Sonia, uh, Liz, you know, when I was, uh, I, I created the kiss of death. I was like, "Ooh, it'd be cool if she blew a kiss at you and you went up in, in flames. And so John was like, oh, that's really cool. Let's do that. And then Liz uh, w- looked at me and was like, why do I have to kill somebody? Why can't we just be friends? Why can't I give them a flower and then we can just live in harmony? Because she's like an old hippie. So but that was like the idea for, for a friendship.
1: Oh, that, that game created so much. So many weird endings, But you know, friendship, babality, all these other weird, where you turn them into a small baby version. And yeah. so It just got weirder and weirder as the years went on. It was fantastic, though definitely yes, raised the ceiling constantly which was great
3: yeah it's from uh babalities from don't be a baby like if you lose don't be a baby you know don't mm. be mad about losing. so you get the babalities so yeah a lot of there's a lot of cool stuff you know a lot of insight little jokes going on in, in mortal kombat
1: <laughs> so fellas have we got anything
3: else you want to ask um regarding right. mortal kombat
1: not Mortal Kombat. I have my last question. I was saving up, but not on Mortal Kombat. No.
2: Okay, Cameron, have you got anything um, you want to left to ask?
3: Uh, yeah, go on then. Um
4: <laughs> I was, trying write, I was trying to think of like
3: a, a cool question. If, but uh, yeah, if, if I could interrupt really briefly, yeah. Cameron has the cool bloodstorm. Me doing the yes. split. <laughs>
2: Cap-
3: so <laughs> what happened is is uh. <laughs> One of the back artists from Mortal Kombat 2, his name was Lee. And he would like to watch me work all the time because I was, like, always goofing around. I would set a chair up in front of the, like, right in, in front of the camera, kind of not to the side of the camera and make my corrections or make my, uh, change people's postures. To, so that way we, we would keep everybody looking a little bit different because we were all trained together. Naturally, we, and we had the same masters. We, we have kind of the same technique. So my thing was like to be in by the camera and able to quickly say, hey, you know, somebody already did that because I was there for all the filmings, you know, uh, uh, you know, Tony already did that move like that. So we got to change it. So so this guy, Leaf, later on, got a job. He, uh, he quit Midway and got, got hired away by a different company for more money. So he called John and Ed up and uh, actually he called Tobias up and was like, hey, do you think Piscina would help me do an ad for my game? And so John called me up and said, "Hey, remember Leaf?" And I was like, "Yeah, I, re- I remember him." And he was like, "He mo- he's got a different. He moved to a different company, but he wants to know if you would do an ad for him." And then I was just like, "Well, can I do that?" And he goes, "You know what? Come in. We'll talk to Ed because Ed can tell you exactly what you can do and what you cannot do. Uh, you know, because you look like I am Johnny Cage. I look like Johnny Cage no matter what. You know, I put on the sunglasses." <laughs> If I'm walking down the street, I've been, hey, Johnny Cage. (laughs) I look like I am Johnny Cage. So we went into Ed's office and Ed was like, oh, he's like, oh, you can't dress exactly like Johnny Cage. But you can, if you don't wear the shin guards and make stuff different, we can't stop you. And then Ed was like, and by the way, this company has a lot more money than us. So charge them a lot of money. So, and it was like Ed giving me a, a rule on business. He was like, he was like. Remember, if you give them a, whatever price you have in mind, triple it, because they would they will come back with a different number, and if they say yes right away, you knew you undersold yourself, and so you know Boone gave me a big business uh, uh, consultation. So so uh, the whole thing was you know doing this uh, bloodstorm ad was for a guy who was part of the Mortal Kombat family. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, he sold out to Bloodstorm for a different company. But actually, the guy worked for, did some of the background out for MK2. So there's, a, there's an urban legend about that. But yeah, <laughs> like Cameron, hit me with your custom. You know, round two, fight. So
4: if Johnny Cage could take on any character from Mortal Kombat, win or loss, who would you want it to be?
3: Well, I think it, I, I like this story, because uh, Johnny Cage gets rid of Goro. Yeah. So I, I really, uh, really like that. That's like a fantasy fulfilled, you know, even though uh, Goro was an animatronic, uh, was a claymation. We, we did the whole Ray, uh, John did the whole Ray House and claymation thing in honor of him. But he's only this big and he can't stand up because he's <laughs> too heavy. So we would have John would have a put a pencil in him, in his ass to, and move him around to him you Yeah know, uh, for that. But I yeah, I would not change anything. Uh I get I get the victory over Goro and I'm very happy about that.
2: <laughs> so, um one question I wanted to, uh, wanted to ask you about is kind of uh, the promo, because I can remember you coming over Oh, you know, when the first Mortal Kombat was released, I remember you appearing on games master. Yeah, I, oh, you... <laughs> games
0: master. I love that program.
3: I was just contacted yeah. with the guy doing a documentary on game master. Really? Asked, like, yeah, He asked me a uh, story, I won't tell you the story that I told him because uh, uh, he wants to save it for his documentary. But yeah, I re- I recall. I have a, uh, uh, uh man, I'm ho- hopeful. I am not hold on to your question. But the most embarrassing thing related to Mortal Kombat happened to me in in England, uh, in London, uh, because we we were in like I was, they were taking pictures outside of uh, some record shop that sold games, so we're taking we're posing for a picture and there's a big crowd around us, and some guy, from behind, reached around and grabbed my package.
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> Ooh, okay.
3: in a, in a posture. But I had Hosung next to me and Liz next to me and Liz saw it and she fell. She knocked me down laughing so much. She saw that. She looked at the guy and she just hugged me and we both fell on the ground and the guy ran away. But that is the most, uh, that is like one of the most embarrassing stories. uh, Basically, a guy just ran around and grabbed my back. Sounds like like
1: a normal day in a HMV store.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So. It was yeah, it, it, it's that. But you know, Alan, what is your question? Um,
2: no, I was I was gonna gonna say, you know, how difficult was it? Because you, like you, you said just earlier on, you know, you were very much kind of the poster boy for Mortal Kombat. Uh, you know, in all the magazines that you know we were buying um, for video games, if it was Mortal Kombat was advertised, it was you. Especially like you said with Cameron's picture in the background. You you know, you know, once the game was was completed, especially like with Mortal Kombat Two. Um, you know how how difficult was it then to go on this? It was almost like a tour, wasn't it? Really, of, of promoting the game. You know, did it? Was it really tough? Was it? Or was it just? A, you, know, you know, you said a, ho- a load of fun and just you know getting out, yeah. see the world, meet the people, and
3: yeah, just a, always a lot of fun. Like John, originally they had artwork for for uh, the uh, for Mortal Kombat, the cabinet artwork, mm-hmm. and then a couple of days before they were going to come out with that, John called me up and says. You know what thanks thanks for making you know my my game the best fighting game ever because i want to i want to honor you and put you on the side of the cabinet he goes can i do that and i was like sure yeah, that would be a really good big honor to to put me on the side i really appreciate that he goes yeah i can't thank you enough i'm going to put you on the side of the the mortal Kombat cabinet and that's how that they changed uh they changed over the idea that they had i forget what idea they have Had for it uh but it changed over to me me, Mm -hmm. uh a live uh live shot of me i'm going to show you. is actually this i've got the image on my t-shirt yeah yeah i'm actually hanging up i have the original uh one that they made for the side cabinet the original the the one that they actually scanned to put on the side cabinet so yeah it was It it was always uh, a lot of fun. I never even even today. It's never. I never get tired of of the. You know, uh, people ask me, "Oh, don't you get tired of the same questions?" No, never. It was such always such fun, and it's always unique to talk about it because Mm -hmm. it's not just the question, but it's the interaction with the person. Where you know what I mean? They're a geek, and I'm a geek, and oh my God, they're asking me this question. It's so so flipping awesome for to, to talk about it because too you see like the excitement in in the eyes of, of uh, the person that i'm talking to because too had, you know for us being a little bit older when we played the game we were young we were carefree we would and two is different than now now you you don't know who you're playing back then you were playing your friend or your brother sitting next to you whether it's on the console or in an arcade you were actually standing next to it making friends
1: with a guy you know that's
3: that's the thing
1: if you don't mind me chipping in arcades when you had to go to arcades with your friends it was a cultural phenomenon where you bonded with people who you may not bond with that standing there playing with the sticks and the buttons with complete strangers sometimes it was something i'm i'm lucky i i was Part of that generation where I, you know, teenager through the nineties, where the arcade revolution grew into this multi-million dollar industry. Um, and I, I, I got to see it and grow with it. You know, the three arcades from my childhood are um, street fighter two, mortal Kombat, and Wrestlefest. fest. <laughs> they were the, they were the three arcades of my youth. You know, that, that's it. If I, if I, if I, somebody said to me, pick three games, you only get three games and then are the ones you got to play the rest of your life. It's those three games. And I'll be happy, because it yeah. takes me back to the memories of the social inter- uh, uh, you know people talking and becoming friends and having fun and banter and it was just it was a, a nice time in society to be you.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's it's awesome. I for me, Defender, Galaga, and Centipede. Uh, oh, yeah, yep. Centipede with the trackball because later on they came out Centipede with the uh, with the joystick. No, Centipede. Yes. Uh, the trackball
1: was much harder.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, more no skill. Yeah, my friend owns uh uh arcade, Galloping Ghost Arcade. And every time I go there those are I'll go and try to play those for just a little bit just to kinda you know, just to kinda relive that, you know, uh, I don't have the timing that I do now, but it it's <laughs> so it brings it brings back a little bit uh of that carefree being a kid and not having uh bills so many bills to pay or responsibilities, mm-hmm. you know. It, it just really takes <laughs> a time playing those games.
2: Oh. all right then um any anything else guys anything that I you have, want
1: to ask uh, master piscina i have my um uh, i have my last question um oh. this is a question that will tax you uh, um yeah it'll, no it's um uh, master piscina very simple last question for you and that is if you had three wishes for yourself society or martial arts what
3: would they be wow finish him <laughs> <laughs> finish, finish him <laughs> indeed yeah if i had three wishes you know a little bit um i would like for everybody to have some kind of moment where this is more for like us as as uh, as human beings just a little pause button to really think of what we uh you know, what we're, how, the way we interact. Because a lot of times, you know, the stress of the day, people usually don't, are really not, uh, if they have a hard day, they don't really, are not really hollering at you or interacting in a way that's negative because of you personally. And I think that if we had this program that would like your phone would buzz and you'd look at it and be like, oh my God, you're having one of those moments where what you're gonna say is gonna hurt somebody. When re- in reality it has nothing to do with that person where it just has to do with you just having a bad day or something like that where we can have like that moment where we can not be not be a jerk you know because you know I have that mo- moment everybody has that moment so it would really be cool to have that that everyone has that on their whether it's on their phone or you know floating around or on their something of them to to remind them just you know that that fraction of a second, don't, don't hurt people. And I'm a martial artist, man, before I, I like to fight, <laughs> you know, but to have that, that pause to not really mentally hurt somebody or, or, or have that, uh, that thing where the consequence isn't really on you, the consequences, you're going to put the consequence on somebody else. So naturally I, I would like that. Number two, I would like a lot of money. That would not suck you know what I mean? so uh, my second wish, the first wish is for humanity, the second wish is for me in general, and two, if I get money i don 't want it to be at the i don't want it to be the monkey's paw i don 't want it, somebody else to suffer the consequences of me getting a lot of money. I just want you know uh, a lot of money with no basic consequences for anybody else to have it you know so uh so that would be my second wish my uh my third wish, you know, it, it would be like, I would like to really be, like, we were talking, I would really like to be in a horror movie. I would, that would be one of my wishes, is to be in some kind of, uh, maybe, you know, even if it's, uh, you know, alien movie or a predator movie or, or, or a haunted house movie or something like that, I would like to, to do that, because that would be something that I've always wanted to do since I was a kid. You know, even even now I get hollered at for putting on, you're watching that, those types of movies again? I do <laughs> not watch any horror, horror movie, really. I, I'm just such a big horror horror fan. So, that, yeah, that's, that would be my third wish.
1: Well, you're talking to the right people. I mean, last Saturday we were running around London re- <laughs> recreating and refilming Shaun of the Dead.
3: So um, we went to the filming <laughs>
1: locations in London and pretended to be zombies. And I was running across fields with a camera, filming a chap with a cricket bat hitting the lads <laughs> pretending to be zombies. So we, uh, yeah, this is definitely the right podcast to be on. So, uh,
3: so you know, next year, just say so. If I get uh, invited to Manchester, I could jump on a plane and be in London. We stay a couple of weeks extra and uh, have some pints and film a short. sure Alan can or uh,
1: something. Just I. It- I-
3: you know, just make it short and happy and, you know, uh we'll just put it out there for the fans or whatever and just kinda you know, but again it can't be uh a, a, a you know, it can't be a, a, a slasher movie, even though I enjoy them because I'm just like, No, I'm a martial artist. They, <laughs> no, I don't you know, I don't when I run I don't trip and Jason doesn't catch up to me right away or what or, <laughs> or, or, or,
0: or, doesn't
3: Michael Myers just doesn't stand there because I would instantly jump on him and take off his head, you know, remove his. Head. <laughs> like but, but but phantoms, you know, ghosts and stuff like that, you can't really fight that stuff. You got to flip and run.
2: Exactly, exactly. I mean, but the and in, in almost there's almost a film to be made there. That you could build up this great big kind of Jason or Michael character, and then have him come across somebody like yourself, and then you just flat, you know, knock him on his back, and that's it. It's the end of the film. You know, that's never been done before. That could be something that we could
3: <laughs> Yeah, and, and then we'd have to have a tribute to Kano where you see me chopping them up and putting them in different boxes to carve. <laughs> it never comes back together because, you know, yeah. But yeah, that, those are my three wishes, and yes.
1: Great yeah. three wishes,
2: sir. Thank you. Well, and I think that we can help you out with one of them, definitely.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, so, that's the most important one, probably.
2: <laughs> that's brilliant. Um Okay fellas, um, I'm going to say um, thank you again so much to Master Piscina for joining us today, it's just been absolutely wonderful, um, really can't express how grateful we are for, for doing it so thank you very much, um, hopefully again in the future you can come back on and we can catch up again um, so I'm going to say for Outlaws of Horror um, I'm going to say I'm Alan and on behalf of Cameron and Paul and our very special guest Master Daniel Piscina uh, take care and we'll see you on the next one Thank you